everybody. Welcome to a new episode of So What'd You Think? I'm your host, Nick. Um, today I brought on a special guest. This is actually my intern for the semester. His name is Cole. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. Glad to have you. Thanks. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, this show is a uh, movie podcast show. Me and a guest will come on. We'll talk about a movie that we've just seen for the first time and give our immediate thoughts to it. Um, so yeah, today we just watched Blue Velvet which is a 1986 film uh, written and directed by David Lynch. Um, It is very surreal, very weird, (laughs) very crazy. (laughs) It's Um, it's a trip. It is quite a trip. I don't know if I was (laughs) uh, prepared for it going into it, but uh, we're here here to talk about it. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, stick around for a few minutes. We're going to do a little spoiler-free for the first few minutes, and then uh, we'll get into all the spoilers. Um, But yeah, Uh, Cole, what did you think? I loved it. Personally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I came into it a Lynch fan already. Um, okay. So, w- which ones have you seen? I've seen Eraserhead, okay. but um, I was somewhat under the influence, so I didn't remember all of it. <laughs> um, and I've seen the first season and a half of Twin Peaks, right about okay. where like where everybody says that it lulls. Okay, yeah. well, Twin Peaks, eh, gotcha. Um, yeah, I've only seen actually Mulholland Drive. Um, and I wrote a paper on it like last semester. It's a crazy movie too. Um, but yeah, so I, that's the only one I've seen and mm-hmm. that one is weird, but I think a lot more coherent, I think than this one is, um, yeah. comparatively. Um, yeah, this one is like the second half of Mall and Drive, just the whole movie. Um, but yeah, what are your, what are your general thoughts on David Lynch as a director? Like you clearly like him. I, I, yeah, I really, really, I love his, um, his style and just like, he he's just so free with like the boundaries of the art mm. that like he he like he he kind of it's like he's so aware of of like typical like tropes and everything but he like is able to like play upon those in his own way and it's it's almost like he's like it's kind of like a Wes Anderson like just like an auteur thing in general where it's like like this is like his world that he's like yeah. building and like you can you like you he's really good at like bringing you inside his world yeah, that's true. It has a very distinctive like style and look to it too, and like even like the acting. I noticed this more, especially in this movie. But the acting is like purposely bad in yeah, a way. Like, yeah, yeah, very it's, like, dry. This, it's stiff. Like it's and the dialogue too is like mm-hmm. very strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a. I don't. You ha- you haven't seen Twin Peaks, have you? Right? No, yeah, I haven't seen that. Hold on. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's like that in Twin Peaks also, where it's uh-huh. like. I don't know. It's, it's like it's weird. like everything is just like it's like he says exactly what like your brain thinks like, oh, this is movie. This is what movie should be saying next. And it's like <laughs> and like they say like I the like most that. obvious things that, like he's it's like everything is just like blatant. Yeah. That he says that like the characters say and stuff. I don't know. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. It is very it's obvious. surreal. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like everybody's like a mannequin and David Lynch is kind of like pulling their strings, you know. Like. <laughs> yeah. I like that, too. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It feels like a movie. Like it feels mm-hmm. it doesn't feel real at all. If it's like almost like a dream of like a dream version of what reality is like this like yeah. weird, like simplified, obvious version. It's. It's very hard to describe without having if you haven't seen a David yeah. Lynch film. Um, so if people haven't seen this movie or any other David Lynch film, you should definitely go check them oh, out. Oh, for sure! Like, <laughs> it'll yeah. it'll open your mind, honestly. I think of what film can do. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, like David Foster Wallace, like in particular, mm-hmm. he cited um, Blue Velvet as like a huge influence, like on him and like how he like looks at oh, art cool. and like everything. It's just like. Yeah, definitely. I think this is it, like it shows that there's like a different way to mm-hmm. use this medium. Like he's, it's very symbolic and just the way he like yeah. It's just it's just so interesting. Yeah. Because this is generally my feelings to his movies. I didn't, I like it and I appreciate it and I I really think it's really good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was very unpleasant to watch for me and I yeah. like it was not like an enjoyable experience really mm-hmm. but like i think this conversation is gonna be really good about it and i'm really excited to talk about it yeah. and like i'm glad i watched it but the actual process of watching it was like not that fun for me i don't know okay yeah i yeah i actually like the process of watching it for me was like weird because like i had been wanting to watch it for like a few years mm-hmm. and i'd started it actually like i'd seen like the first like 15 minutes or so like three or four times for whatever reason like i wasn't able to like 
make it to <laughs> the end. Just actually do it, yeah. Yeah, but this time around when I, like, watched it, like, for the full length, it was like, okay, wow, like, this is all making sense to me. Like, it's like something, like, clicked in between, like, the last time I tried to watch it and now where it's like, okay, okay I can, like... I can actually kind of like see what's going on here. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was I was trying to read a little bit about it, like the the critical reception of this mm-hmm. movie when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And there was this one review that I really liked. Where it was like, um, I walked out of the movie halfway through, not because it's a bad movie, but because it's a really good movie, and I'm just like not ready to watch yeah. it. Like I'm yeah. not good enough to watch it. <laughs> And, like, I kind of understand that after seeing it. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I was actually prepared to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much there that yeah. I, it's just, like, it's a whole world of stuff to talk about. Um, but, yeah, let's let's talk about some of the specifics, I think. Okay, um, so cool. if you haven't seen the movie, um, go see the movie and then come back and then listen to the rest of this. Um, but, yeah, so spoilers from here on out. Um, I'm not exactly sure which spoiler I want to go into first, but going back to, I think, some of the weird things that like the, the weird dialogue and stuff i think there was an early conversation with like jeffrey and um who's the main character and um oh, what's her name sandy, sandy and they're, they're, yeah. their first meeting and they're walking down the street and he starts like he's like you ever heard of the chicken walk chicken dance yeah chicken dancer yeah whatever it is <laughs> and then he's like also saying like oh like that neighbor there he's got like the biggest tongue in the world it's just like yeah, it's like what? bizarre. It's bizarre stuff, and it's like it's like does this does this actually matter at all? Like to yeah. the plot, and it it's like it does and it doesn't. I don't know. Like it's weird. Like it like contextually, like it makes a lot of sense for the plot. I think, but the dialogue is just like nonsensical. The dialogue is not. Yeah, I agree with that because I think I was trying to describe this movie to my roommate afterward. He's like, "What mm-hmm. was that? Like, did you like it?" And I was. I think the, a good way to describe it is, like, the plot overall. I think there's a very clear plot, and mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Like, if you read a summary of this movie, yeah. you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I watched. But, like, scene to scene and the dialogue of how they go about the plot mm-hmm. is nonsensical, I think. I Yeah, I was thinking it, it, it felt almost like it was, it was like a romance movie, like, hidden within, like, like a, a crime thriller. Yeah. Like psychological thriller, yeah. like kind of like a noir film too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of noir traits in it. Like mm-hmm. there's a femme fatale with Dorothy, and like yeah. the villain yeah. is like this unstoppable guy, and like there's a morally ambiguous lead. Like you don't even know if you like Jeffrey because mm-hmm. he's kind of like an actual pervert. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole the relationship between him and Sandy is weird, and then so, like really weird. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, because she's like. But that's also, that's, like, another David Lynch thing is he really likes to play from, like, classic, like, iconography, like, American iconography. Mm. And, and like, the whole, like, high school aesthetic from, like, the 50s, like, he loves that. Like, especially in Twin Peaks, he plays with that a lot. I feel like Sandy as a character was very much, like, 50s mm -hmm. high school. I could see that there. There are so many parallels between, like, this movie and Twin Peaks. Hmm. Uh, especially like Lumberton, like the logging town, like Twin Peaks also takes place in a logging town. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it comes from like uh, Lynch's, like his his roots in like he grew up in like Montana, so he's like okay, really affected by like the Pacific Northwest and stuff. And so like a lot of like logging and things like that, and like just like fifties, like growing up in that era, like really you can see the influence heavily in Blue Velvet. Yeah. Okay. I can see that then. Um, what it, what exactly is like the plot of Twin Peaks? Then is it? It's kind of like a high school. So yeah. So so a high school beauty queen <laughs> okay. is murdered. Okay. And Kyle McLaughlin, who plays Jeffrey in uh, yeah. Blue okay. Velvet, um, he plays an FBI agent who's there who gets called to Twin Peaks, Washington, uh, to investigate the murder. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's kind of similar genre then, I think, as mm-hmm. Blue Velvet is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> um, uh, what else do I want to say? Yeah, I think also more, more more lines that I thought were weird is just like the line where Sandy was like, I don't know if you're a detective or a pervert. And he's like, that's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. This movie, is it trying to be funny, do you think? Like, do you think... You're allowed to laugh when you're watching. Like I allowed myself to laugh. Okay. I did, especially like, like scenes like at the at the very end. You know when um, when Frank is like going to like 
he's like climbing up dressed as like the nicely dressed man and he's going to like the the, the climactic scene you know mm-hmm. and uh he's going to shoot jeffrey and like jeffrey's like running around this apartment first of all there's like two dead guys who are just like like one guy got shot in the head and he's standing and still. he's just standing there <laughs> he's just standing there and and then like and then all the characters who come into the scene like just take props off of these dead guys and yeah. it's just so bizarre but it's just I don't know it's it's it was hilarious to me like I was just like cracking up during the whole time yeah. when he was like taking the radio and then he like grabbed the gun like one guy grabbed like the the uh Dennis Hopper grabbed the towel out of the guy in the wheelchair's mouth yeah and like yeah. the guy's mouth just like stayed open like that yeah. and you can like see them a little like kind of moving it's like it's very like theatrical I guess yeah that's interesting that because I feel like when I watched it, I didn't really laugh. Like I'm laughing now looking back on it, but maybe it's because the way I watched it, like by mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. and like I just feel like I got so sucked into the world yeah. that I didn't feel, like I felt unpleasant. I felt like a character in the movie where I was just like I feel so weird right now, yeah. and I didn't feel this like urge to laugh. But like looking mm-hmm. back, like looking at some of these lines I wrote down, it's like this. It's yeah. really crazy. Or it's like, so funny. Yeah. Or in like the the drug house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like all the drug addicts are like old people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're like sitting there having a party, like not moving. All of a sudden, just like there's like no noise. And like one guy just gets up and he's like, sounds like Frank's here. Or like Frank must be here now. And like just gets up out of nowhere. I yeah. mean, that, that whole scene in particular, like I, I thought was just like perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I the feel. colors were like amazing. Obviously, the colors through the whole movie were, were like yeah. awesome. But like, and there's the, a lot of red. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the curtains and stuff were all red. And yeah. her apartment is like really interestingly furnished. Red and, and blue was contrasted a lot. I think like. Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like most movies like tend to have this like blue and orange like dichotomy. Like mm-hmm. this, that that's always the color palette. But David yeah. Lynch's movies are very different. Where like Mulholland Drive too has a lot of red. I think too. Like it's mm-hmm. like a very. And distinctive look because it's so different from other movies that you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And you can tell he's really trying to like say something with the light mm. because like it's so pronounced in every scene. It's like if the if the scene is blue, like everybody's blue. Yeah, it seems like everything's bathed in blue light, almost as if like it doesn't matter like what the the actual like. Uh, motivation of the light is it's just like everything needs to be blue it's interesting I don't, like, I don't know the purpose of all of the choices though is the thing I think mm-hmm. like okay there's red in the movie but like why yeah um, and like I don't know if that's if there is a purpose like, I, I, think, I think red was like danger definitely okay cause like whenever it was red like red was the scene in the like the drug dealer's house when he was staking out um, at the bar, there was also a lot of like that neon red coming off the sign for the bar. Mm-hmm. I thought blue was obviously like romance. Um, like whenever there yeah. was like a romantic type scene, it seemed like there was okay. blue. Okay. Obviously, I've only seen it once. So right. I can't like confirm it, but yeah, I, I think yeah. I would. I would have to watch it again to kind of see, like, mm-hmm. and try to group what the colors are for what the themes go with. Yeah. Um, because I didn't really pick up on that, but yeah, that, that, that sounds right now that you're kind of saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to talk about some of the imagery, though, because I think um, the Robin eating the bug, I guess, I think I would call that the thesis of the film, I would say. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to be love conquering evil, or mm-hmm. like Robin is, is supposed to be like ridding the world of bad, and the bug represents the bad. Yeah. Um, what was your kind of take on that, well, that was- imagery? It was it was it was interesting because I, I when I watched the beginning, you know, the beginning scene is is Jeffrey's dad like having the heart attack or whatever it is falling right. on the ground and then it just zooms in on the bugs like right. killing each other. And I was like this is like nonsensical <laughs> like completely I don't know what, <laughs> what to make of this and then yeah. he buttons it at the end with like a robin eating eating the the bug and I was like okay yeah yeah definitely it's like the love conquers evil is like in the in your face like right almost I don't almost ironically it seems like yeah, it's very interesting because also that opening shot too. It's like it's the grass, and you don't see it at first, and then you kind of like the the camera like goes in the grass, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden the bugs are revealed, and you see this disgusting like underworld that's like in the grass. Super which is Yeah, which is just, it's kind of the plot of the movie too. Like it's yeah. like Jeffrey who sees everything as normal. I think there's some line I wrote where it's like um, he said like oh like this whole thing is like seeing something that was always hidden, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he kind of finds this whole underground world of drug dealers and stuff. So it's like yeah. the bug. Is like some metaphor for like 
yeah, he the gives bad you things the in the whole, world. He gives you the plot of the movie in the first scene, and you don't even know it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, I really like that. Yeah, yeah, he really does. The whole movie's in like that first shot. It just mm-hmm. makes no sense at the time. Yeah. Um, there's also imagery with the ear too, like um, in the beginning of the movie. Like I think you, maybe you, the first shot. I'm it, not the first shot. It's one of the first shots. Is like this disgusting ear covered in bugs and yeah. Like, that's after he finds the ear like coming back from the hospital. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's right yeah. after the hospital scene, and you see this ear, and that, that's kind of what starts the plot going. Mm-hmm. And then the last, near the very end of the movie, it's one of the final shots. Is so the like, opening shot is him going in the ear, and then near the end, yeah, you see him pulling out of this very clean ear, which is now Jeffrey's ear, and it's attached to like his head, obviously, still. Yeah. So you pull out, and it's like almost like entering a world, like a disgusting world, and then you're like cleansed afterward mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How did you interpret that kind of... <laughs> I, I, I almost like... I thought that it, w- it could have been... Um, like oh yeah like the movie was actually just in like Jeffrey's head the whole time or like we're in maybe we're in mm. Jeffrey's head right because like all the imagery after that when it comes out it's like bizarre it's almost like they're in heaven cuz like everybody's wearing like white or like light colors and it's like yeah. super idyllic you know like Jeffrey like gets up from the chair and like looks over the fence and like <laughs> sees the guys are just like hey Jeffrey like <laughs> What is going on in this movie? It's just, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, I like that idea that maybe it's all in his head, but I th- I don't know because like as soon as it kind of comes out of his head at the end or whatever you want to des- describe that, like that is so it's still surreal like throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Like there's never a moment. But what I will say is I think that last scene feels like that was probably the only pleasant scene in the movie. Like the scene that where I was actually like calm and could like take a breath and be like, oh, this is like pleasant because yeah. the color palette's different. It's very bright, like you're saying, like. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, like, a fake... I think it's, like, a fake-out. Like, maybe Lynch is trying to say, like, you can ignore all the bad stuff in the world if you just, like, d- choose to not look at it. It's, mm-hmm. like, the end of the movie. It's, mm-hmm. like, this idyllic, fake, surrealist thing. Yeah. And it's, like, it's pleasant to watch. And it's, like, oh, this is an option you can choose. Or you can, like, go in and see all the, the grimy underworld that there is. That's interesting, yeah. Huh. That's um, that's a good theory. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, like... Yeah. That, um, also, did, you, did you notice Jeffrey's ear was pierced too? Yeah, yeah, I did. the same the same side that like was the ear that he found the left side. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, there's probably some sort of connection there. Then mm-hmm. that's interesting. I thought wasn't there something that kind of gave that the the ear like finding the ear gave him like superhuman hearing or something? Because he was hearing a lot of stuff that. <laughs> Normal people uh, shouldn't be hearing. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> I, I really don't I, know. I, I, I like wrote that down, but it's just like Yeah, that is that is a a thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean he does they do mention a few times like, oh, like you heard all this like in one night, like mm-hmm. after he sees this whole thing with Frank and he figures out this whole drama of Dorothy having her husband and son kidnapped, like he figures that all so yeah. maybe that has something to do with like he has a superhuman hearing. Yeah, kind of well, because he was sitting in the car the whole time too, right? And uh-huh. like but he was also overhearing what they were saying, yeah. allegedly. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like misreading it. Maybe I just wasn't paying no, close think, enough attention. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, at least the scene they showed, like he never got out of the car. So how would he hear any of that conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But again, like it, the whole movie's so surreal that like none of it's really that realistic. So it could just be like part of the world, and like you're just supposed to have this sort of suspension of disbelief with that. Yeah. Um, it could be either way. Another thing with the bug, too, is that, like, I thought it was kind of a nice nod that, like, Jeffrey, he chose his disguise when he first goes into Dorothy's apartment is to be an exterminator. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, right? So he's yeah. kind of like, he's playing the role of, like, the guy who kills the bugs. He's the Robin, I guess. Um, so that's kind of cool, too. It's just, like, there's a lot of little, Every, little imagery stuff. Like, yeah, little, it makes me want to watch it, like... A bunch of times. Yeah, again and again, so I can, like, pick up on everything, because there's a, there's a lot in there. Yeah, there really is. Um, another thing, too, is, like, the grandma at the end, or the aunt, or whatever she was, when they're looking at the robin eating the bug, and it's, like, uh, Jeffrey and Sandy and then the aunt, mm-hmm. and they're like, whoa, like crazy the bug like i had a dream blah blah blah. and she's like um she said something like i don't know how they can do that i can never eat a bug yeah so it's kind of interesting it's like showing that like some people don't have the capability maybe that jeffrey does of like being able to stop evil or i don't know or like they have no need to or no Mm -hmm. want to Mm -hmm. um i just think that's like kind of an interesting another idea that's like thrown in there that like some people 
don't want to or can't yeah um exterminate the bug quote unquote yeah I guess. yeah yeah jeffrey's um, one of the, the one of the saviors yeah it's kind of yeah. it's interesting yeah um which again is kind of interesting too because i like you, you call him like a savior i guess which which works but like he's also like kind of unlikable in a way and like he is kind of a pervert and he does break the law a lot like he's not like necessarily a good person yeah and he's really weird too like he's just like i don't know like so it's like it's weird that he's like viewed as can be viewed as a savior but he's like also like a morally ambiguous character mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's interesting that he's not like just a pure like protagonist i guess yeah, like you yeah. can't fully look up to him yeah which and i'm I, not sure what that's trying to say i don't know well because i there was a lot to do i saw with uh like the dynamic between jeffrey and uh What's her name? Uh, Laura Dern's character. Uh, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. yeah, between Jeffrey and Sandy and Jeffrey and uh, Isabella Rossellini's character. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was almost like he was kind of like fighting between like the pure and the innocent and like the savage and like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, like good I didn't really evil, pick up on it. You know? Absolutely. And like, especially even like blonde and brunette, I feel like, mm-hmm. and like just kind of like almost angelic with Sandy. And she's like, you're saying like this 50s high school kind of character. Like she's so perfect and put yeah. together. Yeah. I definitely see that. And then especially how Dorothy's like this sadistic person who's like requesting that he beat her when yeah. they like have sex. So I, this. Yeah. The portrayal of, of like the sex in that scene was, uh, was like really, really intense. Mm-hmm. But I I think it was like well done like the 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 editing was just yeah I think that's the only way that you could edit that scene is with that weird montage and like the the overblown audio and shit like yeah it was a very weird scene <laughs> oh yeah you're fine um yeah it, it, it's a, it's a really weird scene that was actually the scene my roommate walked out and he saw he saw me watching the movie he's like what what, what is that? <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah because like they, they even slow it down too, like the frame rate. So it's like, but it's mm-hmm. not like wasn't filmed in slow motion. So like the frame rate's very cutty, and yeah. like it's like it's like yeah, it's an interestingly filmed scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shows a lot of the like the passion, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, right. Yeah, it's just the, that's. I mean, that's all you see is is just the passion, and like that's like almost the difference between uh, between Sandy and. Isabella Rossellini's character. Yeah, Dor- Dorothy, I think. Dorothy, yeah. yeah. Dorothy. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Dorothy's character because I think that element, I'm still kind of confused by, like, what the point of it is because so I guess she, her husband and her son are ki- kidnapped by this, like, psychopath Frank, right? Yeah. And is she, like, being sold as, like, a sex slave or something? Like, what makes her, what's her turn? Like, why does she want, um, like, jeffrey to beat her up like why is she into that because it sounds it's like kind of a form of rape when frank is there like mm-hmm. it seems like he's raping her mm-hmm. right and he's doing this weird like baby daddy yeah. cold role play yeah. thing and, but then as soon as he leaves like she's requesting jeffrey to do like beat they, her up and hit her and yeah like it's i don't like know she's what been, that's trying to say like she's been so broken that like the, the, that's the only way that she can feel like she's being loved you know interesting yeah okay it, yeah because <laughs> it's tough i don't mean do you think it's like saying that like by p- having dorothy like encourage jeffrey to beat her is like a commentary on like domestic abuse or something like i think i i, I think I, it is i mean it, i think it's it's definitely like the reason she wants to be abused by jeffrey is is because she's being abused by frank mm-hmm. where she like i don't know that's the only thing that frank ever does is like beat her and have sex with her right it's like that's the only like form of affection that she's getting at that time but then in comes like jeffrey who's also giving her affection but like from a truer place but the only way that she's like been trained to like accept love is by like getting hit Mm -hmm. i think that's could be a stretch but yeah okay i i like that i think um yeah, like I get, I think I kind of get what he's going for, or mm-hmm. like with domestic abuse, and like that is really sad that like she 
is like abused by Frank, so the only way she can feel loved is to be abused by another person. Um, I also think it's interesting how we're saying like he's like a savior or whatever, and he is kind of her savior mm-hmm. in this weird, twisted way. Like mm-hmm. he, she, she's like, "Oh, help me, like Jeffrey, like you need to save me." Like even when she's naked and like at the end of the yeah. movie, and she comes running for him, like he yeah. is the sole person that can like stop this. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's interesting, and like again, I guess at the end too, like she's finally reunited with her son in this idyllic, like surreal world. I don't know. But she never talks about her son the whole movie. Really? Doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think she, she ever actually says anything really about her husband or her son, right? No. Like he's like, the one who says it. Yeah, it's like all Jeffrey's like that's his whole thing is like Oh interesting. He's the only one that really ever says that they're being they've been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Idea then is that if this is all like in Jeffrey's head, like we we're kind of saying, so like he's made up this crazy story that she's been kidnapped yeah. by all these like and her, her husband and son have been kidnapped. Like that wasn't even real. That was just something he created, and he's the one talking about it. And then at the end of the movie, like this is like in his head, and mm-hmm. you see this idyllic world, and she's finally reunited with her son. But that none of that's even real. Yeah, she doesn't. Even maybe have, maybe she doesn't even have a son. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't you know. Never but know the, with the, David Lynch. That's yeah, exactly. Thing. I mean, you can't. I guess you can interpret it that way. I don't know if I want to have that interpretation, but I guess it's there. <laughs> I just um, don't know what what else what other way to, I don't know. It just it, it all <laughs> seems know. so just out like out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> just like the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so there is this one so I, I was reading this one like interpretation too before I came um it was like by Laura Mulvey who's like a famous feminist film theorist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so she was she proposed the idea that Jeffrey, Frank, and Dorothy are all acting as a family in this weird, like, Oedipal kind of family, I think. So uh, Frank and Dorothy are playing the parents in this role, and then mm-hmm. Jeffrey is playing the kid. And so this is all a commentary on domestic abuse, and Frank is the father who's beating his wife, and F- Jeffrey is this innocent, pure kid who grows up seeing this. And so when he becomes an adult, t- technically, I guess later in the movie, he is now hating himself for beating her and he has like there's a scene where he's like crying because he like and he has images of like him beating her again and he's Mm -hmm. like he's now become who he hates Mm. and it's all because of like him like being in the closet like as a scared little boy watching this happen like Mm. what do you think about that (laughs) it's almost like an oedipus complex yeah in a way but i guess i guess the end result isn't that he had sex with his mom. The end result is that he becomes the man that he he learned to hate when he was a kid. But yeah, right. that's a uh, yeah. I guess in that theory, then he's having sex with his mom. But I think that's less important. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's more yeah. important is like his is that he actually he actually laid his hands on her. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't know. This is another interesting idea. Of, yeah. I don't know. There, there's definitely something to be said about domestic abuse in this film, but I think there's like five different interpretations of how you can go about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is all this which one you decide to pick on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, it, yeah, and it, that also says a lot about the other families that are represented in the movie because all the other families are like, it's it's all just like the idyllic, like 1950s, like nuclear family mm-hmm. ideal, you know, you know, mom, dad, son, you know. Dick and Jane, yeah. um, and Spot, it seems, <laughs> and so so, and then he goes into the underbelly and he, and he sees this, and it's almost like it's like a, he has a, a a huge like shift in his worldview. Like that's that's the paradigm shift is like him seeing the violence, I guess, in contrast with all the uh, the niceness around him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think like I guess a theme or like. Like yeah, one of the main messages of the movie is like to, like n- like naivety versus like knowing, like ignorance is bliss mentality. Mm-hmm. Like you think that's part of it? Like I think choosing I think to know or not to know. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it's saying on that. Besides just like portraying ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. and like showing loss of innocence and like yeah, I don't really know what it's saying about that other than just like that's kind of what the plot of the movie is. Yeah. Um, the other thing is about Lynch is like, same with Mulholland Drive too. Like when I watched it and I was trying to write a paper on it, it's like there yeah. are so many ideas and so many theories you can come up with. And I just don't even know how many 
he had in mind when he wrote it. Like, did you think he thought about all of these? <laughs> like, I think that we might be pulling some out that, like, he didn't even attend it on. He just leaves it so open-ended that, like... Yeah, well, it's... I don't know. Then, it, then you get into the question of, like, does it even matter if he was intending this or not? Oh, that's a you good know? point, too. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, well, this is all just an expression of himself. So even if he wasn't even <laughs> thinking about it, he could have been subconsciously placing this in the movie, and we don't even know it. Oh wow, but that's, that's so that's, deep. That's really that's that's some really deep like auteurism. Like, yeah, stuff. it's all subconscious. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I think yeah, I think it doesn't really matter if he intended on doing it, um, because like we're talking about it and people are interpreting it, and like Laura Mulvey has this interpretation and she's happy with that, and like I can read that and be like, oh, that's interesting, and like mm-hmm. we can discuss. So yeah, I guess in the end, it doesn't really matter. Um, Mulvey's the one who did the the male gaze, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. she was the one. Yeah. Um, so that's also interesting too, because I think there is this kind of male gaze, obviously, and there's voyeurism. Like he's hiding in the closet, she's undressing. So there's a lot to be said. Yeah, about... I mean, her whole character is just based upon around like how she's like viewed by the gaze. Like her character is it's, it's almost as if like she doesn't have her own character. Her character is just it's Jeffrey's perspective, Jeffrey's yeah. version of a, a woman. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think? Do you think this, like, male fantasy th- idea that's kind of running through this movie, do you think that's, like, on purpose? He's trying to, uh, like, Lynch is trying to have a critique on the male gaze, or do you think it's just, like, misogyny that he had in his subconscious when he was writing it? I don't know. I think I think it's a critique. I would, <laughs> I would hope. I, I hope to think it's a critique. I think it's a critique. Just based on, you know, like, the, the way, especially the way that masculinity is represented mm-hmm. in the uh, in the film, with like Frank is like supposed to be like this this like machismo like character, you know, big balls and all. And then when he's like private with Dorothy, then he's like he he want, he's like he's the baby in their sexual relationship, you know? Yeah, he's like calling her mommy. Yeah, yeah. Which is like he a completely, weird role reversal. Yeah, he completely like emasculates himself when he's like alone with this woman but anytime outside of that he's like he's like putting on this like bravado for everybody that's around him yeah i yeah, i agree i think there is like a certain critique with masculinity because now that i'm thinking about it like like the scene where he threatens him like he puts on this big red lipstick all over his face and this this really symbolic kiss and he's like mm-hmm. don't ever uh, like all that and then like yeah like how you're saying like when he's alone he's like very like i guess like effeminate or like childlike or yeah um which is like he, the, the, he just completely takes off the 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 everything that he's been putting on for the world, you know. Yeah, the mask. Like even there's a, a literal mask too at the end of the movie where he's mm-hmm. like trying to be the well dressed man and he comes in and he's wearing this mask and then he takes it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, I think there's definitely something to be said. Also, like Jeffrey, so it, kind of weird I noticed, but he's like fully shaven too. Like yeah. he's like just like a like pure i guess i think it's supposed to be like this pure look mm-hmm. but like even like when he's like naked like he just like has no hair yeah. anywhere like even like yeah. leg hair or anything yeah um which is super interesting yeah jeffrey like definitely is not like he's he i think he's definitely set up to like be uh he's set up against like the hyper masculinity that you like see throughout the film because mm-hmm. like there's there's others other examples besides like just frank i think um uh, yeah. Like I mean, when when uh, Sandy's girlfriend or Sandy's ex boyfriend Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike. When Mike comes in like drunk and like is trying to beat up mm-hmm. Jeffrey, like Jeffrey just doesn't like engage with him at all, yeah. you know. And like True. and then and then even afterwards, like when after Dorothy comes out and everything, and Mike's like apologizing, he's like, "It's fine, dude. Just like like get out of here." He's like, he just is like not. He's not like putting on a show like the way that like some of the other people are i guess and per- perhaps that's a commentary on uh on like hyper masculinity yeah i think i think it totally is um yeah because there's another character too like ben who is one of the old man drug dealers that was like had the husband like mm-hmm. locked up he was like wearing like a ton of makeup too and he's like this kind of very effeminate man too like and he's like lip singing this like yeah. song and it's it's very interesting i don't know it's like almost like a drag show in a sense like yeah, it's... and frank keeps going suave you are suave which i yeah. thought was hilarious <laughs> that was the moment i like, burst out laughing yeah. that was the one time yeah it's uh, like the whole ensemble like I, whatever they shot that scene mm-hmm. really well i really like that that scene 
Yeah, that is a very, very fun, interesting scene. I, yeah, it was just so weird. And I, yeah, I think there's like a there's no fear of like men complimenting other men in the movie too, and mm-hmm. like. Yeah, he's like, even like when Frank comes in to kill Jeffrey at the end, he's like, oh, I hear you in the room. Like, your cute little butt's in there. I'm going to get you. It's just like, <laughs> like this weird thing is that they're like, I don't know. I wrote something down about, uh, oh. <laughs> okay. I wrote something down about Frank. Uh, he's, oh, he's like, Frank is just like douche amplified, like when he's around people. Uh-huh. But then like when he's not. He's like completely not. I, well, he's still a douche, yeah. but I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, know. he's kind of just, yeah. But no, I see what you're saying. It's probably maybe commentary on like like insecurity or like like revealing the mask with the persona you put on in front of people versus like where you are in your private life. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's something to be said about that too. Um, I'm definitely never going to drink Heineken again. <laughs> yeah, there was a weird amount of focus on Heineken too. And like, he was like, oh, like, you're drinking Bud or whatever, and then like later they're like, no, like PBR. What kind of <laughs> what kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken. <laughs> I can't say that on air, but Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah, I love. It. I I had seen that like linked from Reddit like beforehand. Oh, yeah. That was like the only other thing I'd seen from the movie. Oh, interesting. It was very funny. Um, yeah, it is very funny. It's so weird. I think. What I think what makes this like a good cult classic kind of film is that there's the dialogue is so weird that you can it sticks out and you remember a lot of it too. So mm-hmm. you can it's it's very easy to quote, I think. Yeah. Or just like even make fun of like the chicken walk thing or like yeah. the biggest tongue in the world. Like weird <laughs> things like that. Um that make you like talk about it with friends and then you kinda discuss it and then more themes come out of it and stuff. But mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it makes you yeah, it makes you it stirs conversation, I guess. Yeah. It's a good way. Um yeah, overall, I feel like this movie, like, just the reaction I got from it was, like, just such, like, a visceral, like, strong reaction, and, like, I didn't even know if it was positive or negative right after the movie, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, I was, like, had no idea if that was, like, good or not. Like, I, like, yeah. I know it was, like, good, and, like, yeah. there was a lot put in there, but I was, like, I don't know yeah. if I liked that, really. There's a lot to process. It's a lot to process, and like, I'm still struggling to process it right now, I think. But There's like, so much information that's coming at you. Yeah, but I like that style where it's like Mm -hmm. after the movie, it's like I don't know if that was good or if I liked that at all. But like I had a very strong reaction to it, like a very like physically unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah, I think yeah. There's a something I noticed with Lynch while I was watching Twin Peaks is that a lot of times instead of showing characters reacting to things the way that we actually like act like instead of portraying realism it's it, it is surrealism it's like he's portraying emotions like the way that we experience them not the way that we like see them i guess mm. it's like a lot of things he he shoots it almost in the way that like a person would like remember something and oh, like there's like weird exaggerated details the dialogue is very generic Mm-hmm. Um, but like you, you, but like there's a lot of like flashbulb memory moments where it's like these are things that like stick in your brain or like images that are sticking in your brain right. that are like hard to describe, but it's like it's the way that you would like think about it in your head, I think. That is really interesting because I, I feel like going in, if you're going to make a movie that describes what you just said, I think that's very hard to do. Like, how mm-hmm. do you make it feel like it's a memory? But yeah, yeah. it is kind of like that because even when I just think about the movie now as a memory, I can remember the plot of it and it seems far more normal in my head yeah but watching the movie it's very strange yeah like like even even down to like extras you know like in like the first scene when sandy and jeffrey are walking and there's that guy who's just standing there on the sidewalk with his dog mm -hmm. and it's like he's there and we know that he's there but he's just not moving at all yeah nor nor is the dog really moving the dog's just like standing there too and it's like this is not normal but it would be normal if he was like doing just like something slightly different yeah Yeah. i like that i like how it's like a memory because like if you were to remember that moment you would remember oh yeah there's a person there with his dog but you remember what they were doing yeah so in the movie they just don't do anything (laughs) yeah it's like we just pass by this person who like doesn't doesn't matter yeah yeah Huh. <laughs> I still am kind of confused by some things. I don't know if you have any insight on it, but like Frank has that breathing mask that he breathes in a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what that means? I, mean, I was trying to figure out like when he does it, and it, sometimes it seems like he's go- right before he does like role play with Dorothy. He does it to like hype himself up. It's like, I think. yeah, I think it, it, it's I I think it's like nitrous oxide or something. Like I'm just gonna assume. 
Okay. That's what it is. But it seems like he was he would do it like every time he like got nervous to do something. Then he would like mm. take the puff and then like it would like kind of ramp him into like the the mental gear that he needed to like get done whatever he didn't want to do or like whatever was uh, like scary things I guess. That's interesting because like there was one like the first time I think he did it was when he was like first came over to Dorothy's place mm-hmm. and like right before he like starts raping her I guess yeah. like he does it yeah so it's interesting that it's like maybe he was like nervous to do that in a way like because mm-hmm. then he also does it at the end of the film when he's about to run in the in the the door to kill Jeffrey too yeah. he like amps himself up yeah well he could um, be he could be scared with Dorothy he'd be scared to like take off the bravado and maybe that gives mm-hmm. him the 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 edge to like be able to like become vulnerable in front of her interesting or and then like you know he's scared to like shoot a kid maybe on the inside like deep down maybe he's like scared to shoot a kid so he like does that to like get over the edge to be able to like shoot a kid yeah i guess in a way like this mask is like a physical representation of like his thoughts of like Mm. nervousness like it this is like hey he's nervous now (laughs) like it's like a very obvious way to like explain that yeah instead of like a normal character might like smoke a cigarette or something Mm -hmm. in a movie you know but but here in this one it's so obvious like it's just painfully obvious when he does it Mm -hmm. because any any other movie is somebody smoking a cigarette it's like okay you know they could be just like i don't you don't think about it as much as like somebody taking a full gas mask to their face (laughs) and like it's very overly exaggerated Mm -hmm. which again i think adds this weird dream state that this movie's in too like that's a kind of a weird thing that would happen in like a dream yeah you know There was a guy with a gas mask. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what was in it, but he would like do it every time that he was about to do something. <laughs> you like sound crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's interesting that it's included, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I do also really like the scene too, where the, he sings that song like in dreams, like we were talking about, like with mm-hmm. um, the guy who was like lip syncing that whole scene, yeah. um, and then like afterward he goes and threatens him and he puts the lipstick on and he kisses him and then he's like the song starts playing again yeah and he's like singing the chorus or he's like saying the like sp- speaking the chorus as it's happening mm-hmm. and he's like threatening him while this like through the song in a yeah. way it's just that was like really cool i just really liked that scene mm-hmm. um so there were moments where i was like oh this is like cool like i really like this um but over- like still it's still it's very unpleasant i don't know like did you would you say you enjoyed watching it because <laughs> i feel like it's kind of a tough sell to people if you're like yeah it's like really unpleasant to watch but like you have to watch it <laughs> I, I i think i enjoyed watching it but you definitely you can't go in you can't go into it expecting like a normal movie like you can't you can't you can't expect like oh yeah like i'm going into this movie i want like really good dialogue and like oh yeah this is a, a great movie because the acting is phenomenal it's mm-hmm. like no it's like you you just have to submit yourself to like lynch's world in order to uh to i don't know understand how to even like it <laughs> interesting yeah <laughs> i don't know would you say like if you're gonna watch if someone hasn't seen any lynch movie and you're yeah. gonna like tell them like what would you say this is a good one to watch first or would you say that you should watch something more normal because i feel like when i by watching Mulholland Drive, I kind of knew a, a better sense of what it, this movie was going to be going into it. And I mm-hmm. think Mulholland Drive is a much more normal film, mm. even though it gets really weird by the end. But, like, yeah. there is a lot of it that's pretty standard, yeah. like, coherently, at least. Um, I don't know. What Definitely do some Twin Peaks, I think. We should be, watch Twin Peaks first. Yeah, and, like, Twin Peaks is is even more on the, like, corny uh, mm. spectrum than than Blue Velvet was. Like the dialogue is even more yeah the dialogue is more yeah it's more obvious and it's it's like it's almost like uh, I don't want to say dumbed down but it's just it's just a little more amped up on the on the surrealism in, in Twin Peaks I I would say interesting yeah yeah I don't know because <laughs> I'm like kind of scared to watch some of his movies I feel excited like they're so it, like this is like gonna be on my mind for the rest of the day too mm-hmm. like it, just, it takes up a lot of mental energy to like really process one of his films i think yeah um i almost want to like go back and watch it again just to <laughs> stay in that world yeah <laughs> especially after this conversation because now i have some other like good ideas to like bring into the watch next time but 
Yeah, definitely. Like, especially the color stuff, I think. Because mm-hmm. that's something you, like, subconsciously pick up, I think, when you're watching the first time and you don't really realize it. But now that you point it out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to see exactly what they're doing with color. And, yeah, yeah. What, what, um, what, like, oh, this scene's blue. Oh, well, let's see what's going on in this scene. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so it's definitely, it seems like a movie that people need to rewatch. So I definitely mm-hmm. plan on rewatching it at some point. Um, Especially because it just, I think there's a lot of stuff that, how it feels very dreamlike and like the stuff I was saying with memory too, like, I think my own memory of the film is a large part of like the theme of the movie in a way. And so like having being, I'm curious like what will stick when I remember this film, like what scenes will like yeah. stand out. Um, yeah. Cause like there's certain things you're going to forget, like the, you know, like how you're saying like the guy with the dog, he's just like standing there and like, mm-hmm. he's not moving. Like there's certain things when I think about the movie are also going to parallel that yeah. Where it's like I'm gonna forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a really interesting idea to play on memory. I've never seen a film that does something like that. Yeah. I think yeah. It, it makes me want to go watch some like Harmony Corrine stuff. Also like Gummo. Hmm. Um, because okay. I know I know that Harmony Corrine when he made Gummo, it was in a similar sense, and he he's outspoken about like what he was trying to do is he wanted to to tell a story the way that people like feel things versus like the way people see things. So it's, it's, a, it's a similar idea, which is like kind of where I got the idea, I think from the Lynch theory about the memory. Mm. Yeah. I like, I do, yeah, I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. I think like what's so interesting about surrealism is that it plays on the idea of like less plot and just like a feeling that it generates. And like, yeah. that was just so like apparent with this film is just like I had such a strong feeling and I didn't even know exactly what the feeling was but I feel that it was exactly what Lynch intended on me feeling mm-hmm. you know like I like I understand like the mental space he was in probably like when he was writing it like it was just like a I got that fe- I don't know it's hard to hard to describe what it is though yeah. like it's just it's just what good directors are able to do you know yeah. I, I, there's nothing more to it than that is it's just David Lynch is really good at at putting what's in his brain out there for people to see. Like he's really good at, at doing that. Yeah, he really is just like an auteur and just like a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, yeah, I just don't understand how his brain works, and Everything I don't felt, think the way he does. <laughs> yeah, it feels so the- theatrical too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like he's definitely playing on like film history too. Like it's mm-hmm. just like it, he like, he feels like a director who's like grew up watching a lot of movies, probably a lot of noir films specifically for this film too, and just like made him what he feels as a movie. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes much sense, but I feel like, yeah, it's just, it's very strange. Um, mm-hmm. How would you recommend watching this? For, like, if you're gonna say, hey, like you need to watch Blue Velvet, like. What's the best scenario? Do you think solo? Do you think um, in a big group? Because I feel like in a big group it might be funnier. Yeah. Um, where in, solo, it's a little introspective. In a big group, it's gotta. It's definitely gotta be with like other people who are like versed in like film language. I guess. Interesting. You know, because it, I feel like in a in a big group, it might people are people might try to capitalize on like. It could be annoying. I don't know. Maybe I'm just think, a, I'm yeah. just a curmudgeon, but <laughs> it's uh, too pretentious for you. <laughs> but yeah, with a, with a couple of people, I think it would be it'd be cool. I think yeah. I think the people you have to watch it with have to be willing to like know they're going into something open weird. Minds, open yeah, minds, very open mind. Um, but I kind of like the experience of watching it at least for the first time by myself. I think mm-hmm. I think I took it really seriously and it made me feel, go into the world and feel so uncomfortable like how the characters are so stiff like it made me stiff. Yeah, um, yeah. You get sucked in. Yeah, and I feel like the it's like watching a horror movie. Like, you know, like watching mm-hmm. a horror movie by yourself is a lot scarier than watching it in a big group cuz in a big group you can collectively laugh at it. Yeah. And you're like, "Ah, it's so dumb." Like, yeah. well, and it's not as scary. So like I feel like the Lynch movies are almost the same way, but in a not you don't in a know you don't sense, know how but, to feel about how you're feeling because there's nobody else to like validate your your feelings. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There's no one like to process it with as you're watching it, so you're just kind of left alone mm-hmm. doing it. Um, yeah. I think next time though, I think it would be interesting to watch it with other people and see yeah. um, the differences and like what other people pick up on and stuff. Um, interesting. Um, do you have any other closing thoughts about this film? Anything you want to tell the <laughs> the viewers? <laughs> I mean, overall, I think I liked it. I um, think I liked it too. Oh, another point: I Lynch has a lot of sentimentality in his in his films. Oh, That's something I think that like separates him from a lot of other like auteur like 
sort of like indie directors, you know, like ones that we we know of is like there's so much sentimentality mm-hmm. in his stuff versus like if you think about like where's the senti- sentimentality in like Pulp Fiction, you know, other yeah. like movies like that. I think that's like something else that that like separates him is he he's able to like. In what way do you think this is sentimental? I th- like just the the relationships, like like the relationship between Sandy and Jeffrey mm-hmm. is like it's a very it's it's like sentimental to the point where it's where it's corny you know yeah and he's not afraid to like lean into that a little bit okay yeah i like that i do think the relationship is like that and like mm-hmm. especially at the end the scene is so corny in this ideal world and he's like laying in this lawn chair and it's like a beautiful day out yeah there is a certain like it's like it's weird but it is sentimental and you kind of buy into it at that point where you're yeah. like oh like that becomes the most pleasant scene in the movie when even that scene is like very bizarre and like mm-hmm. it, the whole scene starts with like a close shot of his ear like yeah but somehow that's pleasant yeah um i think there's like a really he, he just like has a really good ability at being able to do that um yeah i do think i think i like it i think overall i liked it i like oh, yeah i definitely liked it a lot <laughs> yeah. that was it's great very, very weird but i think i think he's just he's he pushes boundaries of what like film can be honestly like mm-hmm. Like, when you see a movie like this, it's like, why are they making so many, like, comedies that are the exact same thing? Or, like, there's so many, like, there's no originality when there's, like... Yeah. You can really do so much with film. And, like, this can't be done in any other medium, you know? Like, this can't be a book. This can't be... Like, it wouldn't provide the same feeling. It wouldn't... It can't be a painting. It can't be a song, you know? Yeah, Um, he's he's breaking from from narrative norms in, in a way that's, like, new and original and it... It's it's but it's like this movie came out thirty five years ago almost. Yeah. Why isn't anybody else doing this? Like. Yeah, I know. I mean, probably there are people. I yeah, mean, there's definitely it's, definitely like, a lot of people have been influenced by this. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, everyone. I mean, there are people that are doing really unique things still today. Yeah. I mean, I think there's this movie called Greener Grass that just came out. Okay. Uh, have you heard of that? It's also really weird in how it's just like stiff dialogue and it, it's completely nonsensical in the dialogue but the overall the plot makes sense so mm-hmm. like there is that it's probably yeah. influenced by lynch's like style in yeah. a way um it's just like why isn't it become more normalized yeah that's, that's I, fair. It, I guess it is maybe i'm just maybe i'm just making a, a gross I, don't really, I mean maybe in like the film community like in this film bubble like oh blue velvet is like this normalized thing and people mm-hmm. make movies like that but like to mo- like I, this is a tough recommend to any average moviegoer. Yeah, you know, like I would have it's a tough good. time recommending this to like my parents or just anyone, any uh, of my friends that like don't like film at all. Like, you know, this isn't going to turn them necessarily. It's not easy. Um, it's not easy at all. Yeah, not easy. But I would recommend it, mm-hmm. especially if you're going with an open mind and are just looking to see what film can do. I think this is just like it does something different. Like I, I just haven't seen anything like this, even his other film. Like, yeah. other films. Like, yeah, I only yeah. see Mulholland Drive, but, like, this is just so different, and it does yeah. different things. So just Tell people they'll uh, they'll become smarter for watching. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. Challenge. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Um, thanks for coming on, Cole. Yeah, thanks for Appreciate having it. me. Yeah, I'm glad we watched this movie. Thanks for recommending that. Yeah, <laughs> we should I'm, do I'm it. I'm glad I was able to watch it. <laughs> I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode on Blue Velvet. Hope you, hopefully you like the movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll have another episode next next Sunday, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, till next time. Peace. I knew I'm not